It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. Five teams in from the Big Ten, including a surprise as Ohio State makes a run in Omaha, winning the conference tournament and getting a chance in the NCAAs. Kyle Charters here with Drew Charters. For the Big Baseball Podcast, nice to see you actually show up in studio oh, today. Good to be back in town, fresh off holiday weekend. There you go. So it's nice to have you here, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Nick Polaris will join us uh, from D1 Baseball and 2080 Baseball. Excited to have him on the show today. Help us break down the regionals that involve those five Big Ten teams. Very knowledgeable guy. Give us some of the matchups for that first weekend in the NCAA tournament. All right, Drew, let's hit our big stories for the week. None bigger than what the Buckeyes did at TD Ameritrade over the last week, uh, getting four victories in five games, including two on Sunday, to beat Nebraska in a hostile crowd. Man, that was a great atmosphere there in Omaha Man, you can't say enough about what Greg Beals and company were able to do. Made it quite a run, got into the championship game, and got themselves a victory to earn a spot in the NCAA. Yeah, you and I saw this team in West Lafayette for the last series uh, versus the Boilermakers and and walked away thinking that they had an opportunity to do something here, and they sure showed us uh, what they could do. The offense uh, in that Purdue series hit 10 home runs. They're just... Uh, playing very well right now, uh, in, in addition to the, the young pitching staff that, that's just outstanding. Ohio State is 11-2 and two in their last 13 games, so talk about a team that's, that's hot right now and playing well. They're that team. They're the lowest seed ever to win a Big Ten tourney uh, and the 10th time in the history the Buckeyes have won that tourney. You know, you, you can talk, talk about the pitching staff and that young pitching staff Lonsway was uh, in the first game against Michigan. He only gave up one hit. He did get a little wild uh, in that first game, seven walks. But uh, Ohio State's three pitchers only gave up one hit to Michigan in that opening game of the tournament. And then Lonsway came back again in game number four uh, against Minnesota and pitched pretty well in that one. Uh, but they did this all without Garrett Burhin. you got to mention that as well. Their Friday starter all season, they did it without him. And they'll hope to have him back for the regional here. Uh, and, and we'll see... Uh, how the youngsters can can match up against a really good Vandy team. Yeah, we don't know exactly what the status of Burhan is. I mean, we can connect the dots sort of on what happened. He was the player in the dugout that got hit by the foul ball off Skylar Hunter's bat on that Saturday, the last regular season game, and then did not play in Omaha. So probably something uh, to tie those two uh, events together. We'll see if he's able to go then in the regional for Ohio State, sort of what his role is then in that tournament as well, because he will have been off for a little bit of time. But uh, just an outstanding run by Ohio State. They spent the week in Omaha. Indiana and Illinois did not. A couple of teams, a couple of the higher-seeded teams that got bounced early from this thing. Yeah, so so IU comes in. You know, it's well known that coming into the tournament, they led the nation home runs. That's you know what they do uh, as a team, as an offense. Uh, they only had one extra base hit in the 18 innings they played in Omaha. They played against Iowa, then Minnesota. They had one triple. That's all they had as far as an extra base hit. Yeah. Uh, so, so just not doing what they needed to do offensively that they had been doing all season. 
in the tournament. And they didn't even get to utilize the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, Andrew Salfrank. He was their Sunday starter all season, but named Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. Uh, them only playing two games yeah. uh, left him out of the rotation there. But he's fresh. So if you're taking something positive from this series, <laughs> you got Andrew Salfrank sitting there who hasn't pitched in, yeah. in well over a week. Yeah. How about the Illini? I mean, they're, uh, they're dumped early as well. Yeah, Maryland uh, and Michigan took care of the fighting Illini. Uh, and you look at Michigan, specifically Illinois had a chance to win that game uh, against Michigan and stay alive. They were up one uh, in the ninth inning, and they had the, the leader in saves on the mound in Acton. Uh, and Michigan was able to score two runs, a, a two-RBI double by Wogu. Mm-hmm. Uh, kept Michigan alive in the Big Ten tournament. We'll talk about them here in a few might and have saved that, their season. Yeah, what that did for the Wolverines. Uh, but Illinois, uh, two and out. So a couple of surprise teams there uh, that you thought could make a run. Uh, you know, Illinois, arguably, after that one and five start in the Big Ten, playing the best baseball in the Big Ten over the last uh, 15, 16 games. All right, let's talk five teams in. And let's start a little bit with Michigan uh, because you said it. They were down to yeah. a strike. And if Wogu doesn't get that hit, Wolverines? They, out, they I think. No, out? I don't think so. They were, you know, NCAA comes out not only with the field of sixty-four, but they also make public who were the last four teams in mm-hmm. and who were the last four teams out. The Wolverines were one of those last four teams out, even with the, you know, the 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 week uh, where they went three and two this week in the in the Big Ten tournament, um, and they could have easily gone zero and two. Right. Uh, if it wasn't for that double by by Wogu. So if they're sitting 0-2 in the Big Ten, I think they're out. Yeah. That was quite a big hit for Jordan Wogu, no no doubt about that. So they're the three seed in Corvallis, where the number one seed Oregon State is. We know about Oregon State. Yeah. Uh, a couple of two seeds, Indiana and Louisville, uh, where the number one seed is Louisville. Uh, Illinois, a two seed in Oxford with Ole Miss. Uh, Nebraska three. That series will be played in Oklahoma City uh, against number one seed uh, OK State, and Ohio State gets a four as they'll head down to Nashville, where the number one seed is Vanderbilt. Anything jump out to you? Uh, just the five teams getting in. I, th- I think at the beginning of the season, you know, that was kind of a number that everybody circled as, hey, you know, Big Ten wants a little bit of respect. How do we get that? You know, that five, magic number five, was sort of set in the back of people's mind. And leading into the tournament, you thought maybe it could only be three. They get five. Uh, we'll talk about a little, little bit later that it, it could have been seven. But Iowa, uh, you know, faltering down the stretch. Three weeks ago, they were listed as mm-hmm. in in a lot of publications. Uh, Minnesota, uh, a great conference schedule. Didn't do enough early. They had a tough schedule. They had yeah. a lot of guys on the offensive side of things. Graduate or get drafted. So just a little too much to overcome for Minnesota. But uh, a couple of very close teams there. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're happy with five. But, you know, yeah. six and seven wasn't that far off. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we'll break down each one of those uh, regions and, and teams a little bit. Uh, we'll do the lineup a little bit different this week. Uh, just do the five topics, talking about the five teams. We'll do that uh, after we talk to uh, Nick Falaris of D1 Baseball and 2080 Baseball. Before we get to that, though, let's talk a little bit of, of boards. Uh, starting out with Drew Big Arm. And there were a lot of guys uh, that you could throw into this. Yeah. And a lot of guys pitching a lot of innings over multiple appearances. 
Uh, so give us a couple. And then I, I think there's one guy who just stood out among the rest and might be an all-time type of performance yeah. in a tournament setting. Well, we'll start in uh, Nebraska uh, where the where the tourney was played. And Nate Fisher pitched well in a win versus Iowa. Matt Waldron had two starts. Uh, so he pitched a total of 10 in a third innings, just gave up three runs and struck out 12. Uh, Cole McDonald for Iowa almost had a complete game five hitter, just gave up a run and struck out nine. Uh, head to Maryland and Hunter Parsons and Trevor Labonte both pitched very well for Ohio State. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned that Lonsway pitched the, pitched the two games, uh, but Griffin Smith uh, overall in, in two starts, 12 and two-thirds innings, seven hits, just a couple of earned run and 16 strikeouts. Smith got two wins uh, on the weekend for Ohio State. Uh, Minnesota, Lackney and Meyer, both pitch well. Carl Kaufman and Chriswell uh, for Michigan. Chriswell, should be mentioned, had 10 strikeouts in seven innings of play. Uh, he actually got a no decision, but Michigan won that game over over Illinois. That was the walk-off game. Or, um, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll head back to Ohio State. Uh, and a guy we already talked about a little bit, Andrew Magno for Ohio State. Overall, nine and two-thirds innings. Three hits, no runs. He walked four, struck out nine. But the most glaring, uh, impressive stat there is four saves, including yeah. two in one day. I believe it was the Sunday game. It was, was yeah. Sunday had two saves in one day for the reliever for the Buckeyes. Yeah, got the save in the semifinal. And then in the championship game, uh, was on the hill for each one of the victories to end those things for Ohio State. I mean, it'll be hard It'll be hard to match this. And that championship yeah. game, three and a third, two hits, no runs, walked a couple, struck out four, gets the save. On the hill there, the lefty is for the final out. I mean, just pretty impressive. Uh, an amazing all-time type tournament performance for Andrew Magno. So he is clearly our big arm for this week. Big bat? Oh, boy. Uh, this was fun to go through. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, so where do you even start? Uh, there were a lot of guys here that you could mention. I'm not sure you have to reel off everybody's yeah. stats here, but give, right. give me a couple. Yeah, we've we, you know we've got the familiar faces who who have played well all year for Minnesota. Eli Wilson, uh, Eddie Estrada, and Jordan Kozicki all make the list. Uh, Estrada had two home runs. Wilson and Kozicki both a home run. Um, for Ohio State, Brady Cherry, Dylan Dingler, Dom Canzone. Uh, again, uh, all played well offensively. Maxwell Costas, the Big Ten freshman of the year, uh, had three home runs on the weekend. He was six for 12, uh, so a great uh, weekend uh, in the tournament for the freshman. A.J. Lee for Maryland, again, with a home run. Uh, for Michigan, uh, Thomas uh, Wogu uh, with, a, with a walk-off we mentioned, but he also added a home run. Grant Vanskoy played well for Illinois. Angelo Altavilla yep. uh, for Nebraska was six for 17 with eight runs scored and six RBIs. Uh, but his teammate will get mm-hmm. our big bat award uh, this week. Spencer Schwellenbach, the freshman who's had an up and down season, you know, mainly due to injury, but played very well uh, this uh, weekend for Nebraska, seven for 19. So a 368 average, three runs scored, had nine RBI. A couple of doubles and two home runs for the Nebraska freshman. I saw a picture of him, too, uh, after the loss on Sunday, signing some autographs for some fans. I mean, there were 17,000 in attendance yeah. for that game. 
what, 90% of them uh, Cornhusker fans. So he stuck around after a disappointing loss, signed some autographs. So nice to see that out of the freshman as well. But he gets our big bat for this week. Okay, let's take a break. We'll talk to Nick Valeris uh, coming up next. We'll do that on the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back to the Big Baseball Podcast. Kyle Charters here with Nick Valeris, who writes for D1 Baseball and 2080 Baseball. Hey, Nick, appreciate your time greatly. Probably nobody better to talk to to get a little insight on the Big Ten, especially in relation to the rest of the NCAA tournament, which does, of course, get underway this week. Man, it's been some pretty exciting baseball uh, around the Midwest here uh, during the last week. Yeah, absolutely, Kyle, and thanks thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure, the Big uh, Big Ten tournament, was, you know, we had a lot of teams clustered together in talent this year in the conference, and the tournament certainly showed that, and then had a uh, nice little show in with five teams getting into, uh, into regionals for the field of 64, so lots of fun stuff going on. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's talk a little bit about Ohio State. Drew and I had a chance to see the Buckeyes in the last regular season weekend as they came to Purdue and swept the Boilermakers, and and we were pretty impressed with Ohio State. They were up and down all season long, probably uh, a lot of that having to do with the, the young pitching rotation. But, man, they really caught fire at the right time. Uh, the pitching staff, even without Garrett Burhan over the weekend, was great in Omaha. And that was quite a run that they made to be able to grab that title and get the automatic entry into the NCAA. What did you think about Ohio State? Yeah, it, it – uh... So I think you summed it up perfectly there. It's not, in hindsight, looking at how they performed, I don't know that you could look at it and say no one could possibly see this happening. The talent is certainly there with the Buckeyes team, but in particular with the young pitching, um, they've been up and down all year. And when uh, when, Long, when, when Lonsway and when Burhan are, are both at their best, uh, it's one of the better Friday night, Saturday night combos you're going to find anywhere, not just in the Midwest. Um, so that, that's a lot for the Buckeyes to be excited about there. The fact that their pitching staff held together and and uh, allowed them to navigate that many games in that short a period of time without their Friday night guy, I think bodes really well for them. And if they continue to kind of keep firing on all cylinders here, they're going to be a, a, a tough out here in regionals. Yeah, and, you know, it was, even though they have Burhan and Lonsway, you still felt like the staff was a little bit short on the back end so that the fact that Burhan wasn't out there and they still were able to do that, I mean, you know, uh, what, uh, what Andrew Magno did in relief for that squad with the four saves in the four victories, including two on Sunday and getting the last few outs of the championship game, I mean, that's like an all-time performance. Absolutely. And Magno is a great arm at the back of the pen there. He gets, you know... He misses bats. He gets strikeouts. Averages over a strikeout an inning. He can, uh, like a lot of, uh, of of arms in the back of the pen, he can maybe uh, be prone to one to one or two too many free passes from time to time and make it a little interesting. But he he counters that well by avoiding hard contact. Uh, it's tough to square him up. He held opponents to like uh, it was somewhere around a 200 batting average this year. So even if uh, even if he issued a free pass from time to time, he's punching people out. He's keeping the ball. Uh, you know, off the ends of the bat and, and, and stopping hitters from finding the sweet spot. So the fact that he was able to go so frequently in, in such a short amount of time and, and not really see too much of a downturn in stuff 
that, that it's you know you don't like to see college guys run run too hard during the tournament time. You know we we want these kids to be safe and be healthy. Yeah. But uh, the fact that he was able to to tackle that, and if he's able to do you know maybe not maybe not four games in four days this upcoming weekend, but uh, you know if he can get in there a couple times and and shut the door when he needs to, and in particular you know maybe not even at the very end of the game, but just one of the, some of those high leverage situations in the in the big games. Uh, when he's needed, uh, that's going to be a, a you know a huge uh, have a have a booing effect on the rest of the pen and the club and overall. All right, so the Big Ten gets five teams in, a couple of those arguably earning their way in in the tournament in Omaha. Of course, Ohio State getting the automatic bid. Michigan uh, probably by virtue of of winning a few games there solidifies its standing in the field of sixty four. So two two seeds, two three seeds in Ohio State, the four seed, Ohio State in Van, excuse me, in Nashville, uh, Michigan and Corvallis, uh, Nebraska and Stillwater, Indiana and Louisville, and uh, Illinois and Oxford. Any any of those regions? Do you feel like a Big Ten squad has a more favorable field to perhaps be able to get into a super? Well, the two the two fields that jump out to me would be Oklahoma City. In Oxford, um, I think Nebraska has been a fairly consistent team all year, uh, and, and I've noted this sort of uh, throughout the spring, and, and I got to see them uh, up close at Baylor earlier in this earlier these, uh, this year. Uh, it's not a club that'll blow you away with like big power arms that are going to rack up a lot of strikeouts. They're not going to hit a ton of home runs, but they kind of wear you down. They, they're put together pretty well for a, a regional setup like this. Um, Harvard, one of the weaker teams in, in the bracket, and UConn can be can be hot and cold. So if Nebraska gets past uh, UConn, takes care of business with their first win, it, it really comes down to a win against Oklahoma State puts them in in a perfect position to 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 uh, be the surprise team out of that region. They lose that game to Oklahoma State, obviously it becomes really difficult. You've got to come back and beat them twice. Yeah. Similar setup for. For Illinois, Illinois has been um, you know one of the better clubs in the conference all year. Outside of their, their rough start to the co- to conference play, um, you can you can make the case that they've been the best team in the Big Ten. Uh, Ole Miss ha- is you know a, a very solid club. You're going to have to beat solid clubs to get out of regionals though. And so Clemson not playing their best baseball. Illinois hits them at the right time. They're in the exact same position we were talking about with Nebraska and Oklahoma City. You come out, you beat Ole Miss once, and all of a sudden you're in the driver's seat. So those, those two regionals really jumped out at me as being sort of favorable setups for Big Ten teams. Yeah, with Illinois, I like the depth of their pitching. I'm concerned about the starters. I mean, you know, Andy Fisher I think can be okay and hold up. After that, though, I think I have a little bit of concern about their starting pitching, like uh, like the bullpen, though. And and as we know, that that can that can make a a big difference in in tournament play. Okay, so Indiana gets bounced early from the Big Ten tournament. We know about the Hoosiers' offense. Here's my question, and we've had this question all year. Can the Hoosiers' offense hold up against really good pitching, which they'll face this weekend in Louisville, and can they play a different style? Can they small ball their way to a victory? What do you think about both those questions? So uh, taking the second question first, I don't I don't see Indiana small balling their way to victory. I think they're going to have to do it with the long ball. It's what they've done all year. Um, it's it's a bit of a you know all your eggs in one basket approach, but you know you dance with the guy who brought you. So that's uh, you know I I, I want to see them out there taking big cuts uh, in Louisville and, and just trying to do damage. They 
they are, you, you rightfully point out, it's going to be tough pitching in particular with the Louisville staff, who's got the best starting rotation, they've got the best bullpen out of the uh, out of the whole regional. But it's not going to be an easy first game for them. They get uh, Brent Hedrick at, at Illinois State to start things off in their first regional matchup. I saw him uh, two or three weeks ago against Indiana State, and he's really throwing the ball well. He's got a nice four-pitch mix, works into the low 90s, spots the ball really well to both sides of the plate, works quickly. He's a guy who can rack up strikeouts really, really quickly on you. And uh, once he finds a groove, he's a tough guy to square if he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. And that's it's the type of arm that Indiana has struggled with at times. So that believe it or not, that first game against Illinois State, I'm almost more worried about for Indiana. I could see them sort of getting into a slugfest with Louisville and, and coming out of the high-scoring affair. But, man, if, 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 if Hedrick can – hit his stride and come out and throw the ball as he's capable of, that's, it's just the type of arm Indiana struggled with. So I think that's a, just a really tough draw for Indiana, especially when they're not necessarily playing their best baseball right now. Talking to Nick Valeris on the Big Baseball Podcast. He writes for D1 Baseball and 2080 Baseball. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Michigan traveling over to, to Oregon State, obviously a, a long distance for the Wolverines. Look, Michigan's sort of up and down. If they hit the ball and get good timely hitting, which they did in a couple of games, over the weekend at Omaha, then, you know, they can win some of these. But, but man, at, at times they it, it just has disappeared on them a little bit. What do you make of the Wolverines' chances? So I really like um, when, he's, when he's on, obviously, Tommy Henry, the way we saw him throw at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Him and Kaufman, great two-punch, uh, really great two arms to run out for your first two games in regional. Henry's been down a little bit uh, in the second half of the season. I think a lot of this is going to come down to how he throws against Creighton. If they lose that first game to Creighton, and Creighton can really hit the ball, if Henry um, can't get them the win in that first game, it makes the the regional very, very difficult. It's tough to come out and beat Oregon State twice, let alone you know Oregon State twice or Creighton twice, um, depending on how, how the rest of that bracket uh, lines up for them if they lose. So that, that first game, th- this whole regional might come down to how Tommy Henry throws on Friday night. That's a lot to put on Henry's shoulders, but that, I mean, that's just the way that I see it lining up. Um, I really like Michigan's offense. They can score runs. Oregon State isn't the dominant force that they were last year. It's still a very good team, but top to bottom, it just isn't the same, um, you know, sort of national championship favorite uh, type yeah. club that they that they together last year. So it's a winnable uh, regional for Michigan. They definitely have the talent. Talent hasn't been a question all year. Um, need the pitching to come together this weekend. Need Henry to really throw well on Friday. Uh, if they do that, then they got to find out a way to get Adley Rutschman out on Oregon State. If they, and then, uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe they can they can slip slip out of this regional as the uh, the upset. But it's a uh, drawing Creighton in their offense in the first game, and then having to tackle Oregon State after that. That's 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 a rough one. But you know. I love watching Brewer hit. I love watching uh, that, that Michigan offense in general. should be fun. Can Ohio State keep singing in Nashville? I love it. This is uh, – <laughs> I, I was just talking to uh, to uh, Burke Granger last night. He, he covers Midwest baseball at, uh, at D1 Baseball with me, and I really like Ohio State's setup here. Vandy is a great club. They can really, really hit the ball. And as we talked about at the beginning of the segment here – it's going to come down to how those young arms throw for Ohio State in that first game. I think Ohio State's got a decent chance to come out if if they get a good start from uh, whichever one of their young arms they end up throwing on Friday. I haven't heard uh, who that's going to be yet, uh, but it you know Drake Fellows, the the Friday starter for Vandy, he's beatable. 
he, uh, he's very good, but he is beatable. And uh, if Ohio State comes out there, shuts down, uh, has an arm to shut down the offense, and they can come out with an upset victory that first day, then the rest of that bracket looks really good because Indiana State's a nice veteran team. I think they match up really well with McNeese State. If they get, uh, if if they if Ohio State's able to put Banning in position where they have both Ohio State and Indiana State undefeated after the first round, it makes it really difficult for Banning to climb back from that. Yeah. Uh, so. Come come with an upset win on Friday, and uh, all of a sudden Ohio State becomes really really exciting. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I I think I think Ohio State matches up well in that in that region. I I'll be curious to see, especially if they get Burhan back uh, and he pitches well, whether that's on on Friday or Saturday. I think it's a team to watch a little bit, considering the momentum that the Buckeyes have right now. So, what do you think about the Big Ten? Go ahead. I was, I was just to, just to tag that really quickly. It's a great question too. If Bur, even if Burhan's back, he um, sort of hasn't been on his normal throwing routine for a couple weeks now. Yeah. Um, do you start yeah. or do you ride Lonsway? I know Lonsway had a little bit of trouble finding the zone in the last game he threw, but his last three starts have been pretty solid. He's he's uh, you know kept runs off the board when he's gotten into trouble. He's pitched out of trouble. That's a tough call for me. Who do you start if, if Burhan's available? But Lonsway's been kind of throwing on regular rest and has been been pretty good while doing it the last three weeks. Yeah, it'll be curious to see what uh, Greg Beals decides there. So what do you think about the Big Ten? I mean, it gets five teams in this year, four teams a year ago. Is that just the next step, you know, getting a couple of teams into Super Regionals, giving themselves another opportunity to get into the College World Series again? And, you know, if that happens, then does, does more respect continue to come? Yeah, I think it's heading. The, the conference is trending in the right direction. Um, to be honest, we weren't that far away from having six Big Ten teams in yeah. the in, the, uh, in regionals. I think uh, it. You could make the case that it's more of a, you know a long shot for all these things to go right. But three weeks ago, Iowa was pretty well positioned to be an at-large <laughs> bid. They no doubt, a, a really rough finish to the season. Uh, Minnesota played well in conference play and had a really good show during the tournament. If they, if, if not for that atrocious start, and they just had a, a brutal schedule, played on the road, and um, I saw them at DBU. It's just a team that was n- not quite ready. It wasn't all working for them. Or too many errors, too many walks with the pitching staff. But you know, a couple. If they pull out the series win against DBU and get one more quality series win on the road early in the season. You know, Minnesota wasn't that far, especially when you see a team like TCU get in. Minnesota was not that far off from getting in that large bid, even in a, with a rough start to the year. So there's a lot of talent in the conference. It's trending in the right direction. Uh, the, the schools need to continue to recruit well. We've seen a lot of fun uh, impact freshmen this year uh, and sophomores as well. They've got to keep doing that. They've got to stop Louisville from – grabbing too much of the regional talent. Louisville, obviously, is a, as an ACC school, is very attractive for high-level Midwest talent. Um, so it's tough to compete with them in recruiting, but uh, got to keep doing that. And and it'll, it'll work out. The conference is people are starting to respect uh, Midwest baseball more consistently. It would have been nice for Illinois or Indiana to make a run in the tournament, in the Big Ten tournament, and maybe get a host. I would have liked to see a, yeah. a Midwest host. Hopefully we'll see that more frequently in um, you know, keep keep scheduling good out of conference games for and uh, force people to pay attention to you. I think a lot of these clubs are doing the right thing, and uh, it's exciting to see the the conference head in the right direction. I know Nebraska had a lot to do with it, but man, it was pretty sweet seeing seventeen thousand plus in TD Ameritrade for that championship game. 
Oh yeah, for sure. It's uh, you know people. It's uh, don't 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 tell this to the folks in the south, but people out here in the Midwest they really like their baseball. It's uh, this was my first year covering the region for D1, and uh, I, I loved getting out uh, in person more frequently to games. There, there's there are a lot of great fan bases in the Big Ten. It's a fun environment. You know the weather is always going to be tough, but when you grow up in the Midwest, when you grow up in a cold weather environment, this is just the status quo, right? I mean, you're used to it, and uh, it doesn't keep the fans away. So, it's it, it's a fun environment. Um, I think a lot of a lot more people each year are continuing to to get uh, to take notice of it, and it's good to see all these so many schools in the in the conference sort of recognizing that they have a chance to continue to push the conference forward in baseball, making investments in uh, field updates. Uh, it's just it's it's there's a lot of growth and a lot of good things happening in the conference. Yeah. Hey Nick, thank you. Appreciate the time. All right, thank you, sir. Enjoy the tournament. Yeah, you too. That's Nick Valeris. He writes for D1 Baseball and 2080 Baseball Baseball joining us on the Big Baseball Podcast. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with more. You're listening to Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Kyle back with Drew on the Big Baseball Podcast. We'll modify our lineup just a little bit for this week. Just talk some five topics. Take a look at each one of the Big Ten teams and their regionals for this week. Games starting on Friday. Drew, let's start with Indiana. The two-seed versus the three-seed. A team we know. I don't know if we know a lot about the team. We know about the coaching staff right. over there with Steve Holm at Illinois State uh, in Louisville. What do you think about the the Hoosiers trying to come back after losing a couple of games in Omaha? Yeah, a couple tough teams in this regional. Uh, you mentioned uh, both Illinois State and Louisville. Louisville, the number seven overall seed in the NCAA tournament. They're coming off a game where they almost got no hit hmm. in their last game. They got a pinch hit home run in the ninth inning to avoid getting no hit in their last outing. Uh, but their pitching staff is solid down there in Kentucky. Illinois State and the Missouri Valley Conference shared that championship with Dallas Baptist. During the season, they beat Vanderbilt, Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana State. Uh, so a great Illinois State team who has the Missouri Valley Pitcher of the Year, Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. So might be a tough go of things for IU. They need to get back to hitting home runs, which they weren't able to do in the Big Ten Tournament. Yeah, interesting that both Indiana and Illinois are the two seeds. They got bounced early from the yeah. Big Ten Tournament. So it tells you a couple of things. A long run of the tournament, maybe they'd be hosting. On the opposite hand, you know, you get rested up, your bullpen's not taxed. So you get a couple of extra days here, and that applies also to the Illini, the two seed versus number three seed Clemson in Oxford on Friday. Yeah, so you got Old Miss as the one seed there, and they were a borderline one seed going to the SEC tournament. They made a run to the championship game, eventually lost to Vanderbilt, who won both the uh, regular season in the SEC and the conference tournament. Uh, and Clemson is no slouch either. So a couple of good teams in this regional for Illinois. Clemson, the 11th straight year in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they were the eighth seed in the ACC tourney, uh, but made their way into the tournament as an at-large bid. Illinois has not faced any of these teams this season. So all fresh opponents for the Fighting Illini. I like Nebraska. I, I think if the Cornhuskers get hot... Uh, that can be a team that can be a lot to handle because they have some depth. They can move things around. Darren Erstad has enough pitching, I think. And 
you get one or two of those bats going a little bit, and I think the Cornhuskers can make some noise. They take on UConn, the two-seed, on Friday in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I think obviously the toughest opponent there is going to be the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They're the Big 12 champs. Uh, and, and, you know, you talk about Ohio State for the Big Ten winning 11 of their last 13 games. So has Oklahoma State, and that includes wins over six ranked teams during that time. You look back into the season for Oklahoma State, they do have a common opponent. Iowa was in a three-game series against the Cowboys earlier in the season, and Iowa actually took that series hmm. two of three games. Uh, so we'll see how Nebraska, if Nebraska is able to face up against them, we'll see how they do in that contest. Yeah, especially if they face them both as winners on the first day. The yeah. Cornhuskers will have to get by UConn first. Michigan, the three, and Corvallis taking on solid Creighton team, who is the two. Here's my question. Who starts game one for Michigan? I mean, I think you right. could build an argument around any one of those three guys. Tommy Henry, uh, Carl Crawford. No, Carl Kaufman. Uh <laughs> Well, that doesn't sound right. Uh, or uh, Jeff Criswell. I think you can make uh, you know a case for any one of those guys. We'll see which one they go with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Criswell just had ten strikeouts in, in the Big Ten uh, tourney game his last start out. So a great outing for the third, the Sunday starter normally during the season for Michigan. They've got a tough regional here. You've got you've got Creighton, uh, who's very good. You know, they're in Nebraska. They're, they're you know, um, so they're fighting to you know hopefully play at home. Uh, later on in the College World Series if they can make it that far. Uh, Oregon State, the, the winners last year, they're a little down this year. Uh, they're the number 16 overall seed this year, but you know Oregon State, yeah. sort of down, is, is still a one seed. They've got arguably uh, the best prospect in baseball on that team in, in Aldi Rushman. Uh, if, not he, if not the best, he's, he's one of the best prospects in the NCAA. All right, Ohio State, the four. Against Vanderbilt on Friday in Nashville, uh, man, I, it's hard to count Ohio State out for me because I, I, I feel like they're just very well balanced. They have the offense. They can hit the ball hard. They've got uh, Dom Canzone who gets on base and make things happen at the top of the order. And if the pitching is there, then Ohio State can win. And the pitching has been there for the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I know the Buckeyes are the underdog here, but they were on the dog in Omaha as well. I, th- I think the questions are how well can the young pitching staff do against really good teams in a tournament setting? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to throw either Burhan or Lonsway out in game number one against Vanderbilt, yeah. a national powerhouse, the number two overall seed. Uh, you know, so, so can one of the freshmen go the in there, down. keep yeah. the nerves down? Uh, and for Lonsway, throw strikes. He struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, keep the nerves down, throw strikes uh, yeah. against the against the number two seed. I think that first game is going to tell us a lot. If they can get by Vandy in that first game and somehow upset them, then they've got a good shot as the four seed to get out. They've, without looking at this, they've they've got to be the best or one of the best four seeds oh, yeah. in the NCAA tournament. Have to be. Yes. Yes. No doubt about that. Don't don't forget. Uh, don't sleep on Griffin Smith either. Uh, right. I mean, he had a really yeah. good. Big Ten tournament yeah. also, and a guy who really stepped up when Burhan wasn't there. So maybe he factors in big again this weekend as well. All right, what you watching? Uh, I think one of the main things I'm watching is 
what does IU do with the pitching staff? Andrew Salfrank, the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, did not play in the Big Ten tourney. Yeah. So, you know, IU is going to come out and play a tough Illinois State game. If they win that game, they're probably going to face a really tough Louisville game. So do you pitch Salfrank against Illinois State and save Pauly Milto for Louisville? Or do you switch it up? What do they do with that rotation? Uh, you know, keep it consistent like they have, or or do they try to get creative uh, w- with the pitchers they have? Uh, Unless I'm missing something, those three guys have gone Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All year. All year. Yeah, unless there's one, one snuck in there that we don't know about. But yeah. I, it seems like it's been pretty consistent. Uh, you know, can can Illinois get past Ole Miss? Uh, Ole Miss was a, was a question mark for a one seed, um, but there is a tough seed, three seed in Clemson there. Uh, Nebraska will probably have a tough time against Oklahoma State, who's playing as good as anybody in the country right now. Uh, Michigan has a tough regional uh, with Oregon State and Creighton. Uh, so three really good teams in that four-team regional. And then again, the Ohio State young pitching staff. I'm really interested to see, one, what Burhin uh, is going to do if he's cleared uh, to play, uh, and, and then what each of those freshmen do against really good teams. Yeah, I agree with you on all accounts. I'm uh, you know, curious about Ohio State, whether the Buckeyes can keep it up in Nebraska. I, you know, I like the Cornhuskers, their depth. And, uh, you know, if they can get that game against UConn, on Friday, you know, you just got to win, and it'll give them a chance. I, I I know Oklahoma State is good, but, you know, match them up there. And they played a, you know, we, Nebraska matched up against some teams now yeah. in the non-conference. They, they didn't shy away from playing guys. So uh, it's not as if they should be intimidated by playing in that kind of atmosphere. So curious to see how the Huskers do. All right. That'll do it for our show for this week. Uh, I mean, it was a great Big Ten tournament. Uh, should be exciting to watch the Big Ten teams in the NCAA tournament as well. Uh, thanks to uh, Nick Valeris for joining us uh, on the show. Writes for D1 Baseball and 2080 Baseball as well. Knowledgeable guy. Knows about the Big Ten and the Midwest and NCAA Baseball in general. So great to have him help us break it down as we head to the NCAA tournament. All right, for Drew Charters and Kyle Charters, thanks for listening. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. You're out!